3: Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you as uh, we set the scene for pretty uh, big push to finish the recruiting season by Coach Rule and his staff. We'll get you the updates where the staff is at Maybe they're waving at my mother or uh, where Coach Rule has been. Numbers to get in today on Hale Varsity Radio can dial up 466 37 76466 3776 800 825 5865. Can watch the show, different ways to do that. Check us out with Hale Varsity's YouTube channel. Also on Facebook and Twitter with ESPN Lincoln. And uh, can always stream the show and watch live on the Hale Varsity Radio. Twitter handle at HVarsity Radio. Check that out. Give that a follow. Catch Coffee and Cream in the Morning with Damon and Andrew. 7 to 9 weekdays on ESPN Omaha 590 ESPN Lincoln. Catch us on the way in and on the way home. Uh, can email the show Chris at Varsity. Dot com. So, we're aware oh, uh, is Nebraska's staff. You've probably seen on social media, and we'll check in with Brady Altman's in a little bit, uh, about an hour or so from now, and get his take on uh, Nebraska's continued, dare I say, dogged pursuit of one Dylan Rayola. Jacob Padilla with us in 20 minutes. The Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. Uh, will be with us in my hot little hands. The newest issue, if you're watching, of the Hail Varsity magazine is out. Road rules or rules road. Get that subscription today. HailVarsity.com backslash offer digital and print. You love it, Elijah. It seems like you and I are the only uh, two folks not wanting to be in Arizona, but most of the staff, all of the staff except Coach Rule down in Chandler, Arizona. You want to talk about attention? You want to talk about relationship building? The dead period is uh, very real. Coming up here January 30th, and uh, then the coaches after, I think, that February stretch, February, uh, the the first Wednesday in February coming up, is the signing day presser we'll have coverage of. But then there's kind of some quiet time uh, for... Uh, the college football world allegedly right there's quiet time uh, for this coaching staff april 15th is the next time coaches can get out on the road so what's nebraska do they send the well a full house down to chandler arizona you gotta love Nebraska's strategy gotta love what they're doing that's both coordinators on the offensive and defensive side o-line coach that's Uncle Donnie, wide receiver, running backs, tight ends, defensive back, and linebackers. I don't know how big uh, Dominic's house is. I don't know that anyone's doing any slumber parties, Harbaugh style, but they're making their presence felt, and Nebraska's making that statement not only to to be genuine with their relationship build, but Rule already burned his in-home, and that was the first visit he made and took was to get down there and get some face time with Dylan Raiola. I love what Nebraska's doing. going to be a tough fight, but Nebraska's going to do everything in their power. Here, Here's what I think. I, I mean, I think the timeline uh, by some reports and uh, on three's national guy, uh, has uh, put some work in on this story, and I know Brady Oltman's from Hill Varsity. You'll have some more on, on the Riolas coming up, and we'll let Brady talk about that in an hour. But it, it's so important for Nebraska to make that first impression. They did with the headman, they're making more of an impression. With their staff. They're making a, a third impression with, well, it wasn't charity. We think Donnie Raiola is a hell of a good offensive line coach. We kept him. Things mesh and match. That family in uh, never hurts. And then you have the the, the timeline here in March, and that's kind of where you narrow it down if you're Dylan, probably, with where you want to go. And what Nebraska doesn't have that the rest of these suitors do right now is track record, uh, at least what, what the here and now has been the last several years. But what Nebraska does have is, is Rule's track record, and, and that's, um, that's about as good as it gets in college football right now, that he's back from the NFL. So while the on-the-field wins, Elijah, haven't happened, you at least have a guy that has done it when he's been in college not that long ago.
1: <laughs> and what else do you have? But, I mean, you're the school that this kid grew up rooting for like let's not discount that factor in terms of this recruitment here and I guarantee there's somebody at home that's sitting here listening to this show right now saying why are we still talking about this kid that's just a junior in high school he's probably not even coming to Nebraska and let's let's reset for you real quick this isn't just some player this is by some recruiting services the top player in the country by most at least the top quarterback in the country for next year's cycle and if Nebraska is able to get a guy like Raul who what we know about these guys is they like to commit early usually before your senior year if you're one of those top 10 guys in the country you're going to recruit before your senior year get some stress off your plate before that senior year and then get off to college usually as an early enrollee after that first semester of your senior year you get off and you get spring football and you you hope to walk into a starting role by your freshman season on campus if you're one of those top guys in the country so nebraska needs to get boots on the ground in arizona right now to, to make sure that you're building relationships with the full staff because not only is this about your quarterback this is about the future of your entire program just when you look at the the type of poll that the number one quarterback in the country has for a recruiting class how many guys are going to sit there and go well I want to play with him or well if it's good enough for the top player in the country it's good enough for me I want to go to Nebraska Nebraska if they can pull Dylan Raiola in this 2024 class I think it opens up the potential for this being the best recruiting class and no I said recruiting class not team, not collection of talent, but the best recruiting class on paper that Nebraska's had in their history. That's what's at stake here with Dylan Raiola. So they're getting all the assistant coaches on the ground because not only is this about your offense, this is about your team as a whole. There's going to be linebackers that say, you know what, I want to go play for for Nebraska if they have the number one player in the country. There's corners that say, well, if we have the number one player in the country, those those other quarterbacks are going to be testing me all game long and I get a chance to go make a play. It has ripple effects throughout the whole team. So it's good to see all nine guys because Nebraska understands what type of guy Dylan Ryla is for them. That might be not, might not be the case for Georgia, you know, or, 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 USC, that The number one player in the country is going to have that kind of pull. But at a place like Nebraska with where you've been over the past couple seasons, a guy like Dylan Rilo has that kind of pull in terms of bringing in the talent and potentially turning your program around.
3: Residual effect, mm-hmm. right? You said ripple, residual. Not only if you could land him, but also what, what, what's the, the domino effect, the fallout, uh well said there uh as uh, that's what what Matt is shaking his head with at home no doubt listening to your take on that i think i think Nebraska can can maybe and i don't i don't have any inside information i think they can do enough to woo and win a commitment based on the relationship based on trust Based on faith, based on we think this will happen, and I think they can make an imprint because of that family connection, not only with Donnie but also the Nebraska connection with Dom. I think Dom's dying for for his son to to come to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I think Dom's dying for Nebraska to get back to being, as he called him, uh, a sleeping giant. But, but wake the wake wake the giant up, and and I think. I think Nebraska can can get an early yes and then show some progress next year to, like, confirm and solidify that, all right, leap of faith, so to speak. You know what you have in SC. You know what you have in Oregon. Mm -hmm. You know what you have in Georgia, okay? Who am I leaving out? That's probably.
1: That's really the top three aside from Nebraska. It's, it's, those
3: four, right. it's those four teams. It sounds like that's who it's coming down to. And, and right now on the field, one of these things is not like the other, <laughs> okay? But, listen, it, it's it's beyond a incredible sell job for a 1974 Gremlin. Okay, it's it it is really uh, about the connection and Rule's incredible at this. He's persuasive, but it's not smoke. At least that's not what recruits and parents say. And you can go back to three teams ago. It sounds like he's the same guy. Do you trust his plan? Do you trust his blueprint? And, you know, in in Raiola's interview uh, with On3, I mean, making his kid a better dude and then winning ball games. those are kind of A and B, or, or one A and, and one B uh, when it comes to the priority of, of getting – a program chosen. Are you going to win ball games at USC? Yeah. How are you going to transition into the Big Ten? Time will tell. Are you going to win ball games at Oregon? Sure. Where are you going to be, and what will the Pac-12 be at at Oregon? Georgia, you've cranked out two national championships. You have one loss in two years, and you have elite talent around you. The question is this. Do you want to go to to ready-made, or do you want to be a program changer or someone that kind of resurrects that once powerful giant that's been sleeping.
1: I mean, uh, uh, you have a chance in Nebraska to go down in the just the, the lore of school history, being the guy that takes Nebraska from what they were to what they could become. That that's what you have on the line at Nebraska. And you, you mentioned Dominic Ryle and, and his influence in this recruitment, and and I, I guarantee Dominic's talking to to Dylan about that, saying, you know what, you, you know what, you you can do at Nebraska. You can go. <laughs> make it the Riola school in terms of what I did there, what you could do there, what your little brother could do there, what your uncle's doing there right now. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the chance of what you can do with the Raiola family name is greater at Nebraska. But I think you also have to take into account that Dom's the guy that played at Nebraska and went and played in the NFL. And I think he understands, at least from listening to him speak, he understands that this is Dylan's recruitment and, and Dylan's recruitment first and foremost. It's not about what Dom wants. It's about what Dylan no. wants. And I think Dom's going to pass along and say, you know what? From my point of view, I'd like you to go to Nebraska. And I know you have interest there, but I think he's also going to sit there and go, you make the choice that's right for you, because this is about more than my playing career and, and the legacy I left. This is about the legacy you're going to leave, so go leave the legacy where you want to leave. it. I think that's something to, to remember here, is this is not Dominic telling his son where to go to school. That's not the read I get at all. This is Dominic saying, man,
3: I love Nebraska, but you need to do what's right for you. Totally agree. There, there's a want, and yet it's... The son's choice, and who's gonna make the, the best impression? There's gonna be family input for sure, and we'll see where Nebraska's at. You know, though, that Nebraska is not gonna be caught sleeping. Nebraska is not gonna be active. Uh, Nebraska is not gonna be anything but in this fight because they'll be dogged about it. And and one more point about this from a. All right, why is it going to be better this time? There's a high, high level of respect from, from Papa Bear, from, from, from Dom, and the guy running the show now. Beyond rule, there's the Trev Alberts factor. And that is uh, very important because, listen, Trev's made some tough decisions. He uh, got his guy. Didn't take no for an answer on that. And, again, this is all hope and and projection. But when you look at quarterbacks that are that highly ranked, there's a lot of positions you can misstep on. Don't always know how an offensive or a defensive lineman will turn out. What about a running back or the skill guys? Don't know. But the quarterbacks, more times than not, are on the money, as in they have the tools and the skill set to be a difference maker uh, in a program, and uh, they're as good as advertised. Do they go on to win a Heisman? Not always. Do they go on to the NFL? A lot of times they're in a camp or beyond, or they're drafted high, right? I mean, those quarterbacks are so studied and, and poured over that if you're in that top echelon of quarterbacks, be it dual threat or pro style, you're usually going to do pretty good things or at least get a shot in college and beyond. How does it shake out? Don't know, but Nebraska is not scrimping on uh, sending the house. The, The onslaught, the attention, and again, not just the head coach, not just the offensive coordinator, but the entire staff making their way down there Uh, To Arizona is pretty impressive. Meanwhile, Coach Rule Elijah has been hammering the 500-mile radius for uh, 2024, and Nebraska is going to be in at least good position with uh, some of the following players. Uh, You've got Ryan Wingo; he is uh, a big-time wide receiver think Rivals has him as the sixth best receiver overall. Coach Rule, uh, I don't know if he was at Handyman's or or, or wherever on, on West Cornhusk or West o, I should say. <laughs> I think he's but I'm thinking that was a St. <laughs> Louis arch yesterday that, that he tweeted out. So Nebraska, again, with that 500-mile radius theme, uh, seeing Ryan Wingo checking in on Andrew Sprague, uh, offensive tackle out of Rockhurst, Devin Sanchez out of Houston, uh, you have the number three defensive lineman uh, out of Lee Summit, Missouri. William Nawari, uh, defensive lineman, and the who's who of the SEC is all over him. And uh, then you have a trip to Iowa, Grant Bricks, 6'6 offensive tackle out of Logan, Iowa. Check it in on him. We'll have more on Coach Rule's travels and uh, Dylan Raiola. What's... The likelihood Nebraska can keep chopping wood with him. We'll check in with Jacob Padilla next on a Friday at Tale Varsity, presented by Currency.
0: And now, and now, back to Hale
3: Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Friday edition, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, Jacob Padilla is with us. You're the stadium man. Where you at? I
5: am. I uh, had a Fred, I think you're uh, muted, Fred Herbert press conference uh, this morning uh, and decided to stick around for a high school game tonight, so don't really have anywhere to go I figured I'd come work in the press box
3: nice good work They, they do you have to, to crawl up or they let you I'm kidding I'm kidding uh, well good you're just hammering away good to spend time with Jacob Badilla. find him on Twitter at Jacob Badilla underscore Jacob we'll get to hoops in a minute but want to get your take and, and reaction to uh, Nebraska and uh, kind of their full force heading down to Chandler Arizona before the, de- the dead period and handicapped your thoughts on on Raiola and and Nebraska and how that relationship's growing this this race to be relevant for Nebraska we know the family history but we also know the other programs that are uh, in hot pursuit for the for the five star quarterback
5: yeah ultimately uh, Dylan's going to have to decide what's most important to him. Um, that's the thing about this recruiting. You never know, as those of us on the outside trying to follow this stuff and figure out, all right, who wants to go where, what kind of chance do they have. You never know what ends up being the most important factor for these kids. That's why recruiting is so volatile and hard to predict at, at times. But it um, seems like Nebraska's certainly doing everything they can to make sure that he knows how much they, they want him to, to, to pick Nebraska and uh, trying to make him comfortable with the program as a whole, with the coaching staff, with what he'd find if he does choose Lincoln. Um, Obviously he knows uh, quite a bit about the program with his dad there. And I I think ultimately I think uh, Dominic would like for his son to to go to a winning Nebraska program. Like ideally that would be, uh, I think that, but, but it's a, it's Dylan's choice. Ultimately he has to decide does he want to go to one of these, powerhouse programs and, uh, and kind of live that life and have a chance to win national championship, whatever. Um, Or does he want to come to Nebraska where obviously different expectations, different point in their program. Uh, But if, if Matt rule and his staff do kind of get this thing back on track, he could be an important part of turning that around and that in itself. uh, Maybe he never wins a national championship at Nebraska, but that, like helping Nebraska get back into contention for one of those could go a long way and could be something that uh, he finds truly meaningful. So all that type of stuff um, like are things that he has to decide are what's important to him. Uh, And I I think rule and company are doing everything they can to, to make sure that like, if he does pick Nebraska, like he knows what he's getting.
1: Jacob, what's your take on uh, Omar Hales hopping on Madden and going and playing uh, Dylan Ryle and, and, and I guess as a follow-up question, if you were in that position, if you were recruiting at a high school, what's your game of choice? <laughs>
5: uh, and I think that's where it's smart that Matt uh, Rule has hired uh, so many young people that can, uh, can relate. Well, As, as, as somebody
1: with, who's about uh, that age, I can say if, if I was getting recruited and someone wanted to run some duos in Modern Warfare with me as a recruiting pitch, like I'm all for that.
5: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, again, it's just another way to build a relationship. It's just another tool. Um, so same as texting, same as calling, same as these visits, um, just another way to stay in touch to, to kind of connect on uh, a level with a recruit where, um, they, that they enjoy and uh, find value in. So, uh, it's, it's smart to have people that are connected, uh, like that, that are interested in those types of things. And, um, we'll see hopefully I, I don't think he necessarily has to uh let uh dylan win. Uh, <laughs> that, that's probably going a bit too far there but uh it, it is kind of cool seeing just the relationship continuing to build and um, they, they're certainly not shy about advertising the, the lengths that they're going mm-hmm. to both for him and for uh, a lot of the other recruits that that they're chasing
3: jacob uh more football uh in the metro uh, just up the road from you, you, you got Christian Jones, uh, 2025 prospect from West Side, getting the SC offer today. Carter Nelson, tremendous talent. Sparty is more involved in the Metro, and then comment also uh, third name today, Anthony Rizak, just a great ball player from West Side, Iowa State uh, in to see him. Shieldhouse, I think their OC uh, was was by. Uh, it just keeps on growing and it's been a good area for a lot of years but it it seems like it's it's as ripe as it's ever been from a talent standpoint in Omaha here the next couple of years
5: yeah just I think continuing to um, see the results of the the years of uh, improvement effort money resources put into the kind of the infrastructure the youth levels the high school levels, just growing uh, growing the talent level making sure kids all over the place have opportunities to go get in extra work to get in extra training uh t- to learn from people that have been there um it, it and it's paying off now with the, the rise in in potential division one players and um it, it's been cool to see definitely like uh Rezac and uh brother Teddy as well as a, a really good athlete as well it'd be mm-hmm. interesting to see kind of what level both those two set in and settle in at um Anthony's so much fun to watch at that quarter as a dual threat quarterback. Um, just just a phenomenal player. And Teddy's versatile as well. I uh, can play both sides of the ball in multiple positions. Both pretty similar athleticism and really athletic family. We saw what, uh, what older brother Dom did um, there. So, um, and Carter Nelson, just freak athlete. Coach against him in basketball. I think he only dunked on us twice, uh, <laughs> so there's a a lot uh, a lot to like there for him. Certainly out there in Ainsworth, obviously playing a little lower level, um, hard kind of hard to to judge the the production and all that type of thing from from that. Um, but the fact that he is attracting all this attention from the, these power programs, I think shows how, how much of a how talented he is. So um yeah just i think we're going to continue to see the steady stream of coaches come through the metro come through the state um and obviously nebraska is going to be there uh, as a big part of that as we've seen
1: jacob Badillo's is with us here at hail varsity radio and jacob i'll just pose the question to you dare we talk husker basketball and what they face in the next couple of games it just seems like a season that had so much hope has been derailed so quickly
5: yeah it's it's really unfortunate um just a team already that couldn't, had very little margin for error. Now lo- losing two of your four best players. Um, it, it just really puts a, a damper on everything that uh, the progress that they've made. And uh, now you're kind of in danger zone here, where um, I think it, it was good to see the progress they made, kind of like the direction that the program was heading. Uh, and now without those guys, you got to find a way to stay afloat, not to lose all that, to to kind of go into a tailspin, have the wheels fall off. Like that's now the, the task in front of Fred Hoiberg. Um, I, I wrote in my column this week on, on Wednesday on uh, com, just kind of how I'm recalibrating expectations, my the way I view this team. And down the stretch here, I think the way to watch this team is to really try to appreciate the, the time left that, Sam Greasel and Derek Walker have in Nebraska uniforms, obviously very different uh, journeys to get to this point. Um, But two guys that have given everything they have uh, to this program, Sam coming back as a hometown kid this year, Derek, over four years getting better and better. Um, So that's one thing like you got 10, 11, 12, however many games left of those guys in Husker uniforms. So we'll see kind of what they can do stepping forward, trying to adjust as, as defenses adjust without the, with, Banamel and Gary and how they can impact winning. Um, but the other thing is the the young guys, the guys that are going to be back next year. What do guys like Jamarcus Lawrence and Denim Dawson show? Um, we obviously saw uh, Lawrence play well, hit four threes, had a couple of really nice passing reads, um, and three assists, just one turnover in his first start uh, against Northwestern. You need to see that continue to see him kind of, because we've seen flashes of uh, from Dawson from uh, from Lawrence, from Wilhelm Breinbach even had that short stretch where he uh, played really good basketball. He struggled again recently. You got to figure. Fred Horberg has to figure out what he has coming back, so that he can shape the plans moving forward and, and figure out what he needs to go find in the off season to add to this program to replace the guys that that they're losing. And um, so that's kind of what like these guys are going to have to play there's nobody else so we're going to see Lawrence play in 30 minutes we're going to see Dawson out there 20 30 minutes depending on how the game's going uh, because there's nobody else to put in for them so they need to take advantage of that and show like hey um, we've kind of been towards the back end of the rotation here we're getting spot minutes here and there but uh, with these last these last 10 12 games show that they can be parts like important parts rotation players for this program moving forward beyond this season
1: Jacob, one of the things we discussed yesterday was that future of Hoiberg. And you mentioned the offseason, but is it a guarantee that Fred Hoiberg gets another year? I mean, one of the things we talked about yesterday was the fact that the, these next 10 games feel pretty important for the future of Fred Hoiberg. And I just want to get your take on on what the hot seat situation is looking like for Fred Hoiberg as it stands right now.
5: Yeah, it's really tough with the injury situation. I think the trajectory that the program was on, he had, uh, was going to end up earning another year because he had done everything that Trev Albert's, wanted to see uh, get him at least one more year. Now the question is, would he be able to do it again? Again, a lot of the the program success were kind of the upperclassmen that aren't going to be back next year. So that's a lot to replace. So um, it's not like uh, Hordberg had saved his entire tenure here, but I think he had earned himself at least another year to see what he can continue to do. Um, But now we've got the injuries and kind of the the trains in danger of falling off the tracks. Uh, So that's, I think if we continue to see them be competitive, if they find a way to scrape out a couple of these wins, or in it down the stretch of most of these games. Obviously, there'll probably be a few ones that, that get rough on the road against the better teams they'll face. But um, play good basketball at home, continue to play hard, uh, scrape out a few wins here or there. Um, uh, as long as you can kind of continue to see that, I think Trevor Alberts will lean towards giving him at least one more year to see what happens. Uh, but if if the wheels fall off and it starts to look really bad, that's kind of when you start to wonder, well, um, what's going to happen here? Because uh, we've seen in the past when things have gone poorly for, for other coaches at, at Nebraska, like it gets to a point where like, wh- what are we doing here? You can't really try this again. So that's kind of where they're at right now. He's got to keep this thing together, keep the guys playing hard, keep the guys playing together, and try to find so- some uh, some solutions to uh, the problems that th- these injuries have uh, uh, provided,
3: Jacob. I want to keep you for just a couple of minutes on the other side, if that's okay to hit the prep weekend, some big ball games uh, in the metro and in Lincoln tonight, and and of course uh, try and sift through as we get closer to district action, and then ultimately state. Can you hang on real quick? Yep. All right, good stuff, Jacob Padilla is posting up, calling for the ball on the uh, sixth floor of Memorial Stadium. Uh, he was down uh, checking things out, of course, covering Hoyberg and company before they took off for Maryland. We'll have more thoughts on Nebraska and uh, the recruiting weekend. Just one official visitor right now that'll be in this weekend. But Coach Rule's been around that 500-mile radius. The rest of his staff, well, I think they got some suntan lotion out down there in Chandler, Arizona. More with Jacob Badella, Hale Varsity continues, presented by Currency. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity. I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast
1: $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe. And enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's slash subscribe, promo code GBR.
0: And now,
3: and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, Friday edition Hail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Jacob Bedell, a couple more minutes on the other side here to talk high school ball and Jacob, uh, some really entertaining games on the docket tonight and tomorrow. What's on your radar this evening? Where are you going to be posted?
5: A couple of fun ones down in Lincoln tonight. Uh, maybe you're going to be on the call for Lincoln East at Lincoln Southwest. Uh, Spartans will bounce back from a tough showing against uh, Lincoln Southeast on Tuesday a Southeast team that may be starting to kind of figure some things out after a slow start to the season. We knew they were talented, but uh, got up to a bit of a slow start. So uh, if, if they continue to get better, that makes the, the city race all that more interesting. Um, but I think I'm going to head over to Carney at Lincoln North star. Cause I haven't seen either one of those teams play. They're both um, having pretty solid seasons. Um, some young guys on both teams, obviously. North Star has the, the Twin Towers inside of Brennan Clemens Jr. and San Linnell. So, um, looking forward to that one tonight for sure.
1: Jacob, as we get into the last month of the, the, the prep season, now is about the time whenever you, you want to start getting hot if you're a high school basketball team to get to get into districts and get into state going the right way. So, uh, you kind of mentioned one team with, with Lincoln Southeast that's getting hot at the right time. you seen any others that are getting hot and you think might be a little bit worrisome if they, they end up in your district come March? Hmm.
5: I'm not sure if I've seen anybody necessarily hit um, any kind of real hot streak. Um, I guess Lincoln Pius X has uh, certainly found his stride after a slow start. Um, they handed almost gut their first loss of the season on Tuesday. I was at that one. Uh, impressive showing there. Shot the ball really well um, to win that one. Um, but I think in general, it's kind of the same teams that we felt uh, are kind of there in the chase. Omaha Side is kind of interesting in that um, they, they just got Ricky Lofton back, uh, transferred from Omaha South, who towards ACO ACL at the end of last season. Um, just a couple of games under his belt now, so he's still kind of feeling his way back. But between C.J. Mitchell continuing to kind of find his game, coming back from the injuries, Caleb Benning obviously got off to a slow start with the football injury coming into the year um, with those two, plus uh, Ricky Lofton kind of getting back into the mix. As a team that could be better um, come the, the end of February than it is now, late in January, um, in terms of just kind of looking different than what we've seen at this point. So um, that's a team that just lost to Omaha, uh, Creighton Prep in that rivalry on Tuesday. Um, Westside's got to figure something out on offense, got to shoot the ball a little bit better than they have, but they certainly have the pieces. And again, adding a player like Lofton, who was a pretty solid player before his injury, could change kind of the picture a little bit for them at least
3: jacob a a thought where kind of your top three right now are with the metro and omaha and give me your top three in lincoln
5: uh well west one gretna two and (laughs) uh number three i uh i i I don't know (laughs) probably some someone between Westside and Miller North and Creighton Prep, they've all beaten each other at this point. Um, so it's probably one of those three who I, I don't know at this point because Westside beat Miller North and then Prep beat uh, Westside and Miller North beat Prep. Uh, so it's kind of, again, beating each other up there. Uh, it, it really, like, after the top two in the Metro, I think, Uh, Omaha looks quite a bit like Lincoln is right now. Um, Mm -hmm. Lincoln doesn't have a W West, but all those teams are beating each other. And it seems like it's a different team on top of the, the the pile every week. Um, Again, Lincoln East had the best record among all those teams. And then they go and lose by 19 to Southeast who had the worst record uh, of the group. Um, Southwest, we've seen them get some really good wins, but then they've also struggled. Like I honestly do you have any idea how you would rank the, the teams in Lincoln at this point? Because I don't.
3: Right, right now, I, I think Lincoln High is up there, and it, it changes. Like, you have teams move into the rankings and then get knocked out by the teams just outside the rankings. I think, like, from a danger standpoint, I think Southeast, if they – and they've done this early in the year, it was turnovers and finishing games. Well, they've started doing that. Um, and they kind of got things righted when they, when they had a pretty impressive win at Pius. Pius has picked it up, as, as you've mentioned. Uh, I have not seen East yet this year, but I'm, I'm really anxious to see uh, their squad tonight because they're going to have to control tempo against Southwest. And as far as, far as like just talent, like roster, Southwest is a major league wow. Uh, I mean, they've got young pups that don't play young, and um, uh, they're they're really really good. I mean, they could they could they could really get hot, and then just from a a depth and a talent standpoint, Southwest could put a monster run together. But I think East does a great job of doing the little things and sharing the ball, and and they, they can hit from downtown. I think Lincoln High is super athletic, and to your point about North Star with their bigs. I mean, Clemens is is fantastic. So if I mean, I'm going
1: yeah, to Clemens and San Liddell, I, I've got a chance to see them a yeah. couple times this year. Whenever they're both hitting on all cylinders, which it feels like they've been doing more recently, that's a very very tough team to go beat.
3: I mean, I'm yeah, going to probably go yeah. go Lincoln High East and Pius right now if I'm ranking this week yeah but southeast and, is knocking on that door
5: <laughs> yeah north star is the last one uh of that group that i haven't seen yet so i'll knock i'll kind of check them off the list tonight See, basically mm-hmm. everybody wants <laughs> so um yeah it, and i'd be curious to see how east kind of deals with South, southwest length mm-hmm. um, obviously they're kind of guard oriented team where they're, they're five mans like six three and uh four guards around him um they rely so much on the the two carters there at mick and templemeyer um one of those guys gets hot they'll have a chance to win any single game if they both get hot then they're a really good team Mm -hmm. Um, but southwest again with that length with zones they can switch out and throw out there um, might be tougher to get kind of those shots off both around the rim and from the perimeter so that's kind of an intriguing matchup that's the one that i originally always thinking i wanted to go to that one but i was like well i haven't seen either one of these teams i've seen both of them play once Mm -hmm. already so i wanted to chuck uh, mark a few more off off the list but um, yeah it's going going to continue to be fun again i think it's i uh, wonder how many of these teams are going to we'll see how kind of districts play out and uh, mm-hmm. be curious to see how many of these can can crack that that 8 down uh, at pba
3: no exactly and i mean it's it's just it's awesome i mean it's elbow to elbow fridays and saturdays in in high school gyms and it's just a great atmosphere night in and night out. Jacob, enjoy your night. Thanks for giving us a few minutes to hit some some prep hoops, some recruiting, and, of course, Husker basketball. Uh, enjoy your weekend, bud.
5: Yep, always fun talking with you guys.
3: Thanks, man. Appreciate it. There he is, Jacob Padilla with us from HaleVarsity.com and magazine at Jacob Padilla. My rankings are subject to change.
1: Well, I feel like if you ask... Anybody who covers high school basketball in the city of Lincoln, they'll all have a different top three. Because I think mine right now is probably Southwest, North Star, and Lincoln High. But then Southeast over the next week or so could I think realistically come and overtake any of those three teams Mm -hmm. based on how they perform. And uh, don't sleep on Lincoln Northeast either. They've had a a couple
3: good. No, I mean Northeast was right there against Bell West. Mm I mean they were right there, and then. Bell West uh, did what they did in the fourth quarter. But, I mean, it was a 3-point, 4-point ball game. And at times, Northeast had the lead. Man, it's blur- it's blurring together for me. Um, was that back start of January? I think it was start of January. Or sounds right. Right towards the new year. So, we'll wind down this first hour. Bill Dolman waiting in the wings. A little bit after 5, Brady Altman's. More on Nebraska and their full-court press on Dylan Riola, Hale Varsity continues presented by Currency.
2: With Kizik hands free shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at slash socks
0: Chime in 402-466 ESPN or email the show, Chris at halevarsity.com.
3: Just try me, try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, your way to get involved with Hale Varsity is either via StreamYard on Twitter, email, or Facebook. You can also check out Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Uh, we're streaming the show that way with video. You can always hear across the Hale Varsity network, different stations that carry us, Omaha's ESPN, Lincoln's ESPN, Cardi Hastings, Grand Island, and Columbus. So we appreciate you wherever you're hearing us tuning in to Hale Varsity and uh, podcast uh, different segments or the whole show for you. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and uh, we'll get to uh, more steak and beer wagers coming up towards the end of this second hour. Hey, we're- uh, Brady- Brady Altman's coming up, and, and Bill Dolman on the way.
1: I should note that we're even thus far in the NFL playoffs. I took wildcard weekend. You've taken divisional weekend. So this one's for uh, the, the best of three. And then I guess we may have to tie with the Super Bowl, depending on who wins this week. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting some steak and a beer bets locked in because both these games this weekend, not to, to dive too deeply here, mm-hmm. feel like they could be toss-ups. I feel like I would not be surprised no matter what the Super Bowl matchup ends up being.
3: That's why I'm so excited for Sunday. It'll be good. I don't know that the public wants to see uh, San francisco Kansas City again. I think san francisco well i, I you don't can th- you can you can take them or leave them with with their uh their fascinating uh mr irrelevant pick I mean there's always chiefs love in this town and, and across the state because of the vicinity the locale and and Mahomes is fantastic. There's a huge push for Cincy, which would be fun. And uh, I don't know that there's a tunnel up for Philly, except that they have Sue and Stoll and, um, and of course, uh, Cam Jurgens. So it'd be cool to have that Husker flavor uh, down in, dare I say, Chandler, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> More Husker flavor. This is the Super Bowl variety. I haven't talked to my and grandma about moving out for a week and making about fifty grand renting out the house. Ooh. I know Barney was talking about it yesterday. You had a neighbor that was going to get twenty-two grand. I don't know if that's day of or, or for the week, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be a party, and you've got the uh, Waste manage- Management Open, and then you have the Super Bowl going on down there. Well, uh, I've told you, I believe, I'm not
1: sure if I mentioned it on the air, but I was looking at maybe going down to Arizona for the Waste Management Open this year, uh, and then I started looking at Airbnb prices, and I was like, eh, I don't think I want to do that, but I have a buddy living down there. And he said, Well, I have an air mattress. You can sleep on the air mattress in my living room. And I said, Eh, I'd rather not. And I looked it up and um, instead of going to be going to Vegas this spring for like half the price of what it would have
3: cost me to go to Arizona. I'd and then, fire up the air mattress, man.
1: But but the thing is, is then you have to buy tickets to the Waste Management Open, too. And then you have to deal with all the craziness that's going to be down there in Super Bowl. That's weekend. why you go. You I mean, be part of the craziness. But look, with the Waste Management Open and with the Super Bowl, like the population of Phoenix. I don't want to say it's going to double, but it might get closer to that. And then you're talking craziness, especially with it being wintertime in Arizona anyway, and the, the population of Phoenix is already as high as it's going to be all year long. So it's, it's Vegas for me instead of, uh, instead of Arizona and I get to use that leftover money to go uh, hit the, the casinos.
3: <laughs> Let's get you buckled up. Remember to do so hands on the wheel, eyes in mind straight ahead. The driver has one job. That's to drive a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. We'll get the Pride of Fairberry's take on Nebraska's Full Court Arizona Press on Dylan Riola and uh, more from Bill as we uh, talk spring expectations, that, that sleeping giant topic. Where's Nebraska at? Are they uh, hitting snooze or not? Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office, Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone. You're not customer-facing. It's casual dress. And the work environment, it's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at fscedge.com. Back to you, it's Hour 2, A Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency, Krishmit Elijah Herbal, the pride of Fairbury. Bill Dolman is in, as you uh, can find him on Twitter, at Bill Dolman, and uh, apparently there's uh, not quite the Matt uh, Rule, Coach Rule hieroglyphics, but F underscore F was allegedly put on a whiteboard, directed at, at one of our uh, our. our Dudes here for Hale Varsity Radio this week. Uh, Professor Bill is in Pride of Fairbury. Are you also in Arizona?
4: I am not in Arizona. I am actually in Kansas City, though, monitoring, you know, what uh, the crowds are going to be like for the big uh, Cincinnati-Kansas City game this week. I don't know if you heard that that's taking place. So I'm down in KC <laughs> with a lot of other folks. But uh, where I'm at right now, I'm going to tell you, the uh, uh, I am on the low end of the demographic
3: Ah, so they're, okay, okay, we'll just Grandma and Grandpa are here Lots of them Nice, nice (laughs) Yeah So, you're telling me bingo later I think a
4: lot of grandmas and grandpas Who had some inheritance tucked away for their kids Are spending it on tickets to go to the Cincinnati game this weekend And perhaps to get uh, an Airbnb down in uh, uh, Glendale For the Super
3: Bowl in a couple of weeks So are you going to just do the trifecta? Are you going to hit power and light? Are you going to hit gate? And are you going to hit Westport?
4: You know, those are all on the docket. Sure, those are up for for visits. Absolutely.
3: When in Kansas City. You got to do the Majestic Steakhouse and Jazz Club in the Basement. Smoke right. is optional in the basement. But um, <laughs> okay. uh, it's uh, the Majestic's where you, where you got to go get that, uh, that bone-in uh, steak. It's out- outstanding. And then go to Joe's we'll hit, for
1: your barbecue. Joe's for your barbecue.
3: We'll, we'll hit recruiting here because I know you love it. And then we'll get into some NFL and some hoops. But real real quick, though, you know, you covered Dom at Nebraska. You followed his career in Detroit. And we've kept, uh, you know, Junior on, on the radar here. Dylan's as good as advertised. And you look at the number of, of high-profile quarterbacks that typically, when they're rated this high, they go do something somewhere, right? They, they have that opportunity. But Nebraska, you, Coach Rule using his first visit uh, out of the gate uh, to, to go see Dylan can't visit again. But everybody else on staff with a red zip up has and they packed them and they're down in, in glendale right now
4: well i think matt rule and since he can't go back to the royola house uh as a coach has gone back to Arizona to uh, try to petition for adoption so he can become a member of the family (laughs) and can visit uh, at every holiday. I mean, I would not put it past Matt rule and his staff to do something like, like that. They look, they have been all in. And, and I do think, I think we talked about this maybe last week or a couple of weeks ago. Look, I think, I think Dominic's going to let his kid make the decision, but I think that there are some things that Dominic is saying to his son through the media, uh, you know, talking about how good Nebraska is doing right now in terms of the facilities. So he, was, he was effusive in his praise that Nebraska is five years ahead of anybody with, uh, with the facilities being put in. Uh, he's had high praise for Matt Rule and his staff and the way they approached them when the, uh, the opportunity to visit came in. You didn't hear any of that, you know, prior to the coaching change, right? I mean, Dylan. Dylan Raiola has been on the radar a long, long time, and you didn't hear much from Dom about Nebraska. Uh, you know, it was always it was up to Dylan to make the decision, but. Th- I'm, I'm not saying he's, he's speaking in code to his son, but, but Dominic has been very effusive in his praise of Nebraska and Matt Rule. I think that speaks volumes, and maybe may Dylan decides to go elsewhere. That's fine. But I think Nebraska fans should be heartened by knowing that the effort is being made by the staff to do everything that it can to try to get one of the best ranked players in the country for that class, and you know, look, I, I'm not a big recruiting guy, but I do know that typically four plus and five star guys are the ones who earn those numbers. It, you know, I, I think at Jadavian Clowney, when he was like a sophomore, was a five star. He was he hasn't been a great pro, but he was a great college player, great high school player. It you know, it, it worked out that way. So uh, I do think Dominic is saying a lot of great things that Nebraska fans should you know take heart in, whether his his son signs with Nebraska or not.
1: Now, Bill, a point that I made back in hour one, I want to get your take on it, being a guy who's usually pretty anti-recruiting, is that Dylan Ryle, getting a commitment from him could lead to Nebraska being able to attain the best recruiting class on paper that they've had in their history, just with the draw that a number one overall recruit brings to a football program, and especially when you combine that with where Nebraska has been over the past couple years. It just feels like it'd be a breath of fresh air and a potential completely needed influx of talent for this football team. i want to get your, your take on, on that right there. Am I being too overreactive with what the importance of a guy like Dylan Rayla could mean to this football program?
4: I've said it many, many times on the show, and it, and it bears repeating, and I, but I know everybody listens all the time. Turner Gill is the most important recruit Nebraska football has ever had because it was the he was the player that transferred Nebraska from the 70s into the 80s into the option and what Nebraska became into the 90s. Tommy Frazier. Was a transformative quarterback because he was able to, you know, establish, you know, the, the mentality of a winner. He was never a team captain, but Tommy Frazier was a tremendous leader, very, very important. Is Dylan Rayola that kind of player uh, in terms of his skill set and his leadership and his maturity? I don't know. You would think that if his dad played in the NFL and played in Nebraska, he's got some pretty good savvy, much like an Arch Manning. You know, the stock that he comes from. I think that's. I think that can be somewhat comparable. And I do think that if Dylan Raiola signs with Nebraska, yes, that can be a transformative uh, get for Nebraska in in the recruiting game. We still haven't seen what he can do offensively on the field for Nebraska. That remains to be seen if he signs. But you get a five-star at that position, at this stage with this coaching staff that is incredibly significant but i'm also going to say i think that those guys have already created that momentum with the players that they have signed and where they've been able to get them you know getting the kid out of tennessee a couple of days ago remember all those guys on the four letter say nobody wants to go to nebraska how are they going to recruit to nebraska well, where's Nebraska been getting players from three guys off a national championship team at Georgia guys out of Texas guys out of uh, Tennessee now. I mean, it's been, a, it's been really remarkable uh, how fearless they have been in going anywhere to get the players that they want in their program. And some that are eye openers, like the, you know, the speed of Texas had no stars signs with Nebraska and all of a sudden he's a three-star. So uh, I, I think that Nebraska has set the stage for Rayola to give his commitment and not feel the pressure that he's got to be the guy because there's already momentum with some pretty good players coming in.
3: Bill, one thing that I'm intrigued to see, it's one thing to go star hunting and wow them with the plan, with the facilities, have the relationship that you you trust and feel like, all right, I can be a better student a better person a really good football player their specialty's always been development right think about pairing all right a, a higher starting point of talent with what they do well anyway and that's development that's got to be exciting i mean that's what nebraska did for a ton of years they got high level dudes but they developed the heck out of them because they were really excellent coaches under T O and 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 Frank and even Bo. I mean, those guys got good talent and then they 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 really hit a lot of ceilings with guys, be it three stars or you saw in, in Sue's case that borderline five star, once he got under Bo, Sue became Sue, right? So think about pairing the the talent with the the incoming starting point. That's gotta be exciting. And I'm not saying these Five stars, four stars, high-level guys they are going after tackles, they're going after defensive linemen, they're going after wideouts. Uh, Rule's been combing Missouri and the surrounding states the last couple of days. But if you get that combination, that could be pretty big time for Nebraska.
4: You know, not only did Nebraska get, you know, players who were threes and fours and made them fours and fives and, you know, some of the great players in college football history, they also got blocks of granite. Guys who are just hard-nosed, tougher than hell, and they carved them into great players, you know? Guys who may not have been on the radar with anybody else, but Nebraska and the, that coaching staff saw something, and much like what Rule says he is doing, I know what I want, I know what I uh, what the kind of player I want to fit what I want to do. Okay, well, Nebraska has done that for a long, long time. But you also have to keep in mind when you're talking about development, it's it's not just what the player wants to hear and how good are you going to make me and am I going to get a shot at the league and, and Rule talks about that second contract and getting that $5 million deal. Look, moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas want to hear how are you going to develop my son into becoming a productive young man in college and a productive man once he's done with college regardless of what his success is on the field. So, you know, Matt Rule's pitch just like it has been throughout Nebraska history with Tom Osborne, you know, they, it's the total person program. It's the Dennis LeBlancs and the Keith Zimmers and all of those things that Nebraska put in place, ahead of anybody else. Okay. The life skills and all that, when you're talking about development, Nebraska has always been part of that as a total person. So you can sell the kid on where I can get you and how good of a player I can make you. But mommy, daddy, grandma, grandpa, they want to make sure that that kid comes to Nebraska or wherever he goes and they develop into a great citizen. And I think that Matt Rule's got a pretty good track record of that based on the loyalty of the guys who are on staff with him.
1: Bill, when you talk about that, that total person development, does it surprise you that Nebraska only has one academic All-American over the past decade? This is something we hit a couple days ago, but I want to get your take on it. One academic American over the, the past 10 seasons. Well, what, what does that mean to you?
4: Well, I, I, it, maybe it means that uh, the rest of the country has decided that they need to be a little more, uh, 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 put a little more emphasis on it the way Nebraska did for, for so many years, you know, and, and to catch up, what, Nebraska's got like a 100 more than the second closest team, and that I think Stanford's second or something like that. Well, I should know. You know, in order to be an academic All-American, you not only got to hit, hit the books pretty well, you know, and and survive professors like me in the classroom. <laughs> um, but you, you know, you know, you got to be you've got to be pretty good on the field too. And they don't just give that out because you get an A in in sports writing two hundred and fifty, right? You still got to play pretty well on the field to earn it.
1: I should note, whenever I, I make the point of one academic All-American in the past decade, I'm referring specifically to the football team. There's been other academic Americans from other right. sports. So i are talking, just talking pigskin.
3: There. Bill, uh, thoughts on Nebraska basketball real quick. Uh, I know we kind of outlined a week ago what Nebraska could do for the NIT. That's off the table right now, you would feel, with the injuries. But uh, let's let's talk Trev here. And have have you seen enough grit and fight and and change for uh, a, a year five for Fred? Because I think we all want to see him back. It just could get real, real tough here with this stretch, home and away, with, with how thin they are.
4: A couple of weeks ago, I said Nebraska, Nebraska had to go seven and five to get into the postseason. Six and six wasn't going to get it done. They had to have a, a, above 500 record in conference play. Now now you're hoping that they can go four and five down the stretch, and that means holding serve on home court and finishing the season with, you know, wins in the teens. You know, that's better than last year. But look, let me take you back to December real quick, and I know we got to wrap up here. Remember after Nebraska beat Creighton, what did Trev Alberts do? He invited a couple of basketball players to come up to his office, and he gave them black shirts for their great defensive effort. Who were the two guys that came to the office to get black shirts?
3: Guys that are hurt,
4: Bandamel and Gary. Trev knows that what Fred Horberg was building for this season, Senator around those two guys. Yes, Derek Walker and Sam Greasel. But those two guys were great additions for Fred, and to have them both gone at this stage of the season for the for the rest of the year. But Trev, I think I think Trev's going to go look. Fred, I know what you're up against, especially when you lost those guys. Tough year. I don't know if they, I don't, i'm not sure if they both can come back next year but gary can. I, I think I, I think Trev had to like what he was seeing and the adjustments Fred made the fight that this team had i think people like watching him play but when you've only got nine scholarship guys and nine games left to go in the regular season i, I think everybody kind of understands you know how the final chapter might get written and believe that maybe next year will be better
3: all right, your picks for the NFL weekend, partner. Are you going Chiefs or are you going Cincy? What do you think about Philly and San Fran?
4: Well, I think Kansas City is is um, should be very thankful that they're at home. I think it's going to be have to be their ground game. I don't think Mahomes is going to be able to be as versatile in terms of moving the moving around on the pocket and creating those spectacular plays. All you got to do is lock down Kelsey. And you got a chance to beat Kansas City. And I don't think Cincinnati is af- afraid of them at all. I think Philadelphia has been the best team all year. Their defense is great. And if I'm Brock Purdy, I don't want to to see Andomic and Sue on the other side of the field. I know it's a great story. So was Case Keenum a few years ago. But at some point, I think it's going to come to an end. I think it's going to be uh, Philadelphia and Cincinnati in the Super Bowl.
3: The Dave Remington Bowl is what we will uh, title it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, oh. And by
4: the way, I can't believe Elijah is still talking after I said he needed to stop with that whole white on white uniform thing a couple of days ago. I haven't said anything today. No, we, well, we I know, but but still, at the time you just kept talking after you said they should wear white. No. Surrender white. Well, right. I, I still stand
3: so, behind it. I still stand Aims behind my stand. 92. Watch the game. All right. Pride of Fairbury and Joy no. KC.
4: All right. See you guys. Go big red.
3: There he is, Bill Dolman, with us. We'll check in. Where has Nebraska's offers gone? Brady Altman's coming up next from Hale Varsity. GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR.
0: And now, and now back to Hail
3: Varsity Radio. Working through a Friday, it's Hail Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Big thanks to Bill Dolman. We say hi to Brady Altman's with us, Hail Varsity staff writer, HailVarsity.com and Magazine, more on the recruiting weekend, uh, specifically uh, the visits and then the dead period. Brady, you've been just all over it, man. You've been tracking where the coaches are at, uh, obviously palm trees and golf courses and Chandler, Arizona for the staff. That's focused a lot of our discussion today. And uh, give us kind of an update here, what you've been working on and what you're kind of hearing and feeling Uh, With the uh, the Dylan Raiola, the Raiola family situation, and Nebraska's pursuit.
2: Uh, Well, Nebraska finds itself kind of in the the top four as it stands Mm -hmm. now. It's Nebraska, Georgia, USC, and Oregon. Um, Dylan has spoken highly about all of them for various reasons. Obviously, Georgia being the defending two time defending national champions. Um, He likes Oregon and Dan Lanning a lot. Coming from that, you know the Georgia tree and what he's been able to do. And then obviously um, Lincoln Riley's ability to develop and work with quarterbacks is very appealing to him. Um, but he's also shared a lot of excitement. He he likes this coaching staff, this Nebraska staff, the excitement they bring, the personality that they bring. Um, I know Dominique um, is kind of hands off, but he wants to be the dad and not the recruiting guy in this situation. So um, Nebraska finds itself pretty much in a, in a really good position. They sent the, the house uh, today to the the Rayola house and and Chandler. And that's one thing that I think has been very appealing between the coaching staff and Dylan Rayola is the familial um, openness, communication based um, recruiting approach that they're taking. Um, It's, it's very personal driven, very, um, it's not like a salesman pitch they're really trying to go on a personal level with it and I think that's that's where Nebraska's made the most gain the most ground in the last say year since um, Nebraska last tried to get uh, in touch with him
1: Brady sending nine assistants to a to an in-home visit it seems like a lot and and the way like I I quantify it in my mind is like either from a business point of view or like you know say from a a girlfriend point of view I said nine assistants for an in-home visit to go to go sell a girl like that that's craziness like but in a, from a recruiting point of view what kind of message does that send to a recruit that nine assistants are coming and visiting
2: it's a priority top priority it means that we will we will drop everything else every other place that we're at because they were i mean they were in california they were a lot of them were in texas which isn't that uh, is that far i'll grant you that but you know they were all over the country before but to say that they'll converge all of their resources upon one kid in one living room so to speak not maybe not literally the living room but they'll put everybody there to give the time energy and effort to hear out this kid and to show that he's a big priority for him. Uh, obviously he, he warrants it. I mean, he would be the biggest all-time recruit the Nebraska program has ever gotten in and his dad, you know, has his number retired up in the place. So I think they're trying to meet the, the importance of the moment with that, with the amount of attention that they're giving him and the amount of people they want to build a connection with, with him.
3: Brady Oltman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. At Brady Altman's on Twitter, uh, it's been emphasized not only from rule. Uh, his first visit was to Riola, but now the staff uh, making their uh, push today down in Chandler, and that that speaks volumes. And you outlined just the the decision making process. March around then kind of feels and sounds like the timeline but Brady you know because of the the, the family connection I mean the Riola's I don't think they're just going to sit around they're going to visit they're going to go to Athens they're going to go to to La La Land they're going to they're going to check out I mean they've been to all these places anyway but it, it, but it but it's it's not out of the way to come to Lincoln in February to see Uncle Donnie and, and I mean that that inn is is for real I mean the the one two punch of dad yeah you're right hands off but man I think he would love it if, if uh, Junior would, would find his way to Lincoln uh, you have Uncle uh, Donnie here and then you have uh, the fact that Nebraska's done an incredible job genuinely of of trying to build this relationship and, uh, and the track record speaks for itself as far as guys that, that came in under rule at different stops and have had a better life because of it
2: yeah, I mean, I I think their plan right now is they're definitely going to visit all four of those finalist schools, and I the indications that I've kind of been given or I've kind of heard is that they're looking into what compliance wise, what counts, what's constitute as, as a visit to Lincoln. You know, obviously they, they have um, Donovan in as a as an assistant coach, and it's just i don't know it's the ncaa is has all those weird rules so if they were wanting to like come up and visit him i'm sure you know like you're gonna talk ball you know if you're (laughs) your football family you're gonna talk football you know what i mean um at what point do you like does somebody the in the lines corner blur from, right yeah who in a quarter zip in the corner is like eh, 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 knock it off guys you know trying to say written <laughs> in too close to a visit here so it's like the uh, the administrator at a high school dance
1: in the corner you know <laughs>
2: just yeah, yeah he, he's shining the flashlight on you just making sure things don't get too handsy but it's, it's exactly <laughs> like that it's exactly like that i but i think you're right they've they're timeline wise they really don't have anything settled down but they want to visit all of them um and i would I would almost say May, kind of about the time he committed to Ohio State last time. To so maybe that's that's when you start saying you know any day now or kind of situation.
1: Brady Oltman's is with us here at Hale Varsity Radio and. Brady to to get away from Ryola but to keep it with recruiting today, we had USC offering Omaha West Side athlete, most likely linebacker Christian Jones, and Jones is shaping up to be one of those top guys in the class of twenty twenty five, not only from the state of Nebraska, but from the Midwest as a whole. So tell me what you know about Jones and tell me what an offer from USC means
2: oh man he's got a nose for the ball he's got a good motor he's got great instincts um i remember talking with some of the west side coaches earlier in the year and then after they won the state championship and then uh, again just a couple of weeks ago just trying to get a sense of how the recruiting is going for some of those kids because obviously you've got not just him but Rizak and Kayla Benning, and all of them and he's one that i think you're going to see a lot more attention shown on um with him being a sophomore i think people see the the promise on the film but they're really waiting to see him pop a little bit more maybe with another year but he's a, he's a guy that's you know sky is the limit i think he's kind of the guy that um the, the type of recruit that nebraska would want to keep in and obviously there were a litany of schools in lincoln omaha area this entire week and there were a lot of offers made a lot of um, a lot of visits from a lot of schools. But if, if a Husker fan wants to get nervous, go ahead. But Nebraska was also in all of those schools this week, too. So if, if that makes you feel any better.
3: Brady, Coach Rule uh, spending time in, in Missouri. Missouri has been a, an incredible state for Nebraska historically. When you think of uh, Steve Warren, Mike Rucker, just to, just to name a couple of guys, Grant Wistrom, obviously. Uh, but the 500-mile radius of focus for Rule, And his staff, uh, Ryan Wingo, a stud wide out from St. Louis. That kind of kicked things off. You've got a couple of offensive tackles and bricks out of Logan, Iowa, and uh, Rockhurst's Andrew Sprague, also a 6'8 offensive tackle. And then uh, you have a Lee Summit uh, prospect, Williams Nawari, third ranked defensive lineman overall. These are all 2024 2025 guys. And tell me a little bit here, uh, kind of the 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 pulse you have with how these visits have gone the offers nebraska has been in a lot of face time everywhere including the 500 mile radius well and
2: the thing that jumps out about the entire area is the they, they like good athletes there but the linemen stand out i know andrew sprague has he's been to lincoln um i think he he actually got up here earlier this month or um or shortly around that time, I remember seeing him post something on, on Instagram, um, he, a lot of excitement for it. And obviously Rockhurst has, uh, that's a, that's a, a pretty good athletic school, you know, in Kansas it's Traditional City power. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I talked, uh, man, earlier this month, maybe it was back in December with, um, uh, Lee summit head coach and talk about Williams, you know, and will, and, and what he's able to do. And, you know, that coach just says that, straight up he might be the best athlete in the state of Missouri and maybe even, you know, and throw in Kansas as well. Certainly the KC area um, just based upon what he does. I mean, he's a great body. He's a huge defensive lineman that you can, you can move around. He can play on the edge. If he wants, he can come out of a two point or he can just, you know, belly up to the center and push him around Um, and looking at him on film. He certainly can. So, you know, you're going to rule, likes his speed guys and guys outside. And I think they are, they have a, a well-versed knowledge in doing that. I kind of – if they like a guy on the outside, I'll trust them on that. Um, but then you look at some of those interior linemen, guys like those two, those, those really stand out to me. And having, you know, kind of seeing their, their social media presence and talking with their coaches, I think Nebraska has a chance with both of them.
3: Well, with, uh, with Williams, Nawari, I mean, Georgia, Bama, Tennessee, SC, Oregon, but Nebraska still part of that conversation because of their attention, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah, it, they they like people in the building. You know, not to say that any of those other schools that you mentioned aren't in the building, but their in this coaching staff are really trying to get out there and say like, "Hey, we just got here. We haven't even coached a snap yet, but we're willing to be in your living room and talk to you multiple times um in order to get you here because we we see a vision and we want to convey that to you." So, um I I think I I'd be I'd be a little surprised if they didn't continue um, recruiting those guys heavily into this year.
1: With this full court press we're seeing from Matt Rule and staff in recruiting here early in their tenure at Nebraska, do you think that's part of the reason why we're seeing some of these Midwestern schools dip their toe into the state of Nebraska and come in here and offer some kids? Or are they feeling the pressure of Matt Rule coming to their state and, and taking kids from under their nose?
2: I think that might be a component of it. I wonder if another component is they see how you know national the Nebraska recruiting arm is now. And they want to think maybe they can, you know, catch them sleeping or catch them with their foot off the bag a little bit and and mm-hmm. get in Nebraska and get some of these kids because um, I guess numbers wise, if you offer and get some get a, um, a lot more kids from Texas than you have gotten in the past, that would um, ostensibly take numbers away from Nebraska. But I I, I really think that this coaching staff is making it an effort to get the guys that they want from Nebraska. I don't think that they're going to pull, you know, numbers away or, or neglect a kid from Nebraska just because they like someone from somewhere else. I think this is, there are good players in Nebraska. Other schools want to get in and, and get those kids, but they're also running up against a a resurgence in the brand and how big it is. So I I think they just, they want to throw out scholarships and try to get there and at least get their foot in the door before it closes entirely.
3: Brady, about thirty seconds. Just a quick thought on Husker baseball. I saw some video you posted here of uh, practice number one.
2: Yeah, no, they, this first day that they invited people out there, so I thought I'd jump in and help out, take a little video. Um, Head coach Bolt was talking. They had a couple players talk with us. They're just excited to get out there before the cold really got to them. But I mean, first games are coming up in February, man. It's uh, baseball season's rolling around, and I'm I can't be more excited for it.
3: Brady Altman's. Follow him at Brady Altman's on Twitter. Read him, hailvarsity.com. Plenty more with recruiting. Brady, thanks for the time. Appreciate you guys.
0: Chime in, 402 ESPN, or email the show, Chris at
3: hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And, uh, it is steak at a beer time as we dive into some NFL. Of course, both games you can hear locally on ESPN Lincoln Sunday. Kansas City and, uh, Cincinnati, San Fran and Philly get things rolling tight spreads and Kansas City not good. As a favorite, Cincinnati's been dynamite against the spread, 21-5. And, and meanwhile, you have uh, just a death wish out there. Frankly, if you're a Niners fan and you're caught on camera, the, uh, the Rocky statue is wearing a San Francisco T-shirt. Correct, Elijah?
1: It was last night. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, there's a picture out there online right now of that, that Rocky statue. with uh, It's a 49ers shirt around the neck. They didn't get it over the arms, so not a full send. I understand being in the city of brotherly love, not wanting to get attacked for defacing the Rocky statue in such a, uh, a lighthearted way. But, uh, you know, those Philly fans are different. So they, they got it around the head. And you the say photo different.
3: Of <laughs> <laughs> you call it different. <laughs> it's very, very kind. Meanwhile, you have the mayor... Of Cincinnati asking for a paternity test. I saw this on Barstool uh, uh, for Joe Burrow. Paternity test to make sure he's not or to confirm that he's the father of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, He's his daddy. So it's uh, a little creepy. Let's, uh, without further ado, get into our steak and our beer picks. Here, Elijah, with some forecast. So here it is. San Fran and Philly. Philly's still favored. And uh, the line right now, is it still around 48-and-a-half for over-under?
1: Uh, for Philly and San Fran? Yes. We're looking 46-and-a-half now for Philly and San Fran with the Eagles favored by two and a half. I got these numbers
3: while we were uh, in the break waiting to talk to mm-hmm. Brady, so these are as up-to-date as they get. So uh, I think this. San Francisco wins if they're able to get... McCaffrey going. It's as simple as that run game wise. You're not going to ask Pretty to do much except manage against this Philly defense. I know Philly's been vulnerable against the run from time to time. They know that's how they lose on Sunday and Philly's just too much. As good as San Francisco's defense is, uh, Hertz is the difference maker with his feet and I'm going with uh, the quarterback I feel best about. It is Jalen Hurts over Brock Purdy. Shocker there. And you can't sneeze at 70 sacks. And that second wave, that depth in the front seven of Philly's the difference. Give me Philly 27, San Francisco 20. Uh, a win and cover for Philly. Elijah, how you feeling on that? And that's just over.
1: So that's uh, another over for Chris Schmidt here in the Staking of Beer (laughs) Bets. Just uh, make a note of that one. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I also like the overs in this game, uh, just to, to put it simply. You do have two great defenses going at it, but I think in a game such as this, it's going to come down to, as you said, uh, the quarterback play. And I would also add the playmakers on that offense. Philly and San Fran both have had great rushing attacks, which have opened up the passing attacks for them this year. And Miles Sanders is a, a back to be feared with Philly. But I look at Christian McCaffrey. You mentioned him. I think he's your difference maker along with Devo Samuel, what those two guys can do coming out of the backfield. And then you also have Elijah Mitchell as your, your almost change of pace guy for San Francisco. I think with that almost three-headed monster you can have coming out of the backfield, I really like San Francisco's chances in this game. I know that Brock Brock Purdy has been lightning in a bottle, and uh, you're just waiting for that lightning to run out. But thus far, he's been carried by the talent around him. He hasn't been asked to do that much, and what he has been asked to do, he's been doing very, very well. So I have San Fran taking this one in a tight one. 24-21, Twenty-four to twenty-one, San Fran gets a win over Philly in the NFC championship. Wow. Game. Uh,
3: good on you. And for... and I will say I like the over, but just to uh to get us a little difference, I went under in this one. So You just went different and picked San Francisco on the road against Philly. That's gutsy. Uh, what's gonna happen, dude, is is you're gonna have a defense get a get a takeaway. Mm. Either San Fran's defense is gonna strip sack hurts or vice versa. That that's gonna be your your difference. All right. We are. Uh, and I, I love I love that defense from the 49ers. I know we give Sue and that Eagles
1: defense a little bit of love. I love the 49ers defense and how they play with D'Amico Ryans as the defensive coordinator. Potential Broncos future head coach. So we'll see about you that. You can
3: only wish, right? Off to Kansas City we go. Uh, Bill Dolman knows it's a big game, so he's there in person. I can't go against Cincinnati. I know everyone's on Cincy. I know 80% of the money's on Cincy. I know the Chiefs are still favored by one and a half. What can you really do run game-wise if you're Kansas City? I know it's been good. I know it's not just an afterthought. I know Andy Reid's incredible. But I just don't like Kansas City's rush defense. I just don't. I like what... Cincinnati is dedicated to doing, and that's being solid, if not spectacular, at least recently in the run game. I also know two of the the three offensive linemen are out for Cincinnati, so I don't like that. So if Cincinnati can keep it to second and five, I like the difference makers. I like what Cincinnati can do against the Kansas City defense. And I think they can make someone else other than Kelsey beat them. And Mahomes will play fine, but he ain't going to be himself. He'll do enough to, to keep him in it. Cincinnati on the road, 24-20 as they go 4-0 and against Kansas City. This is the kiss of death. I'm on Cincinnati. The world's on Cincinnati. Elijah probably means it's... It's a win for Kansas City.
1: I'm on Cincinnati too. Uh, just to put it simply, as you said that that rushing attack of the Bengals, I think is going to be your difference. The e or the excuse me, the Chiefs are going to be forced, I think, to play some light boxes against uh, Cincinnati. That's how Cincinnati's gotten their rushing attack going late in the season. Is that I mean Cincinnati since week four? I believe I could be wrong on my number, but it's up there. I believe they have the uh, highest percentage of rushing attack against light boxes that's either five or six guys in the box they lead the league and how often they get light boxes i think it's going to happen again against kansas city you're too worried about t higgins and jamar chase taking the top off i think uh cincinnati dominates with their rushing attack despite being behind a depleted offensive line and i think they also pull off a victory you at unders i'll go over it's gonna be 35 to 31 I i do believe kansas city finds some offense i think patrick mahomes uh, maybe he doesn't look like himself, but he still looks like, uh, you know, the danger that Patrick Mahomes can be. Uh, so uh, I think we're going to get the flashes of that, and uh, I think Cincinnati pulls it off 35-31 to on the, I guess, I was going to say the, the heels of uh, of Smajay P Ryan and Joe Mixon, but it, it's on their feet. I think that rushing attack is the difference for Cincinnati, and despite the fact that we have some points, I think that's what gets it done for them. I think they are able to uh, really control the game in the second half with that rushing attack.
3: This is going to be fun gonna be a fun weekend of football uh we're almost to the tail end of another nfl season with the super bowl looming but man uh you could get an incredible finish as we head off to super bowl 57 and uh excited to see if it is going to be philly and if it is going to be Cincinnati, that'll be intriguing.
1: I think you mean if it's going to be San Francisco and Cincinnati, I think that's much more intriguing from, from my point of view here. Uh, I,
3: don't, I don't need round three of that game, all right? I got the one of the greatest there was 30-plus uh, years ago with the Boomer Esiason-led Bengals against Joe Montana and... John Taylor at the buzzer. I believe that in destiny. I,
1: I believe that destiny is Joe Burrow wins the Super Bowl in San Francisco. They ride that Brock Purdy train until their hearts are broken in the Super Bowl like they should be as a 49er. We'll wind down a
0: Friday next. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me huh. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity
3: Radio. Cast Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, the whole show or different segments of it. Big thanks to Brady Altman's with us this hour. Bill Dolman live in Kansas City. And Jacob Padilla talking some recruiting as well. A little bit of Husker basketball and then the prep weekend. Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Uh, tonight locally over on sister station KFOR. I'll have Southwest and Lincoln East with the Hall of Fame coach Jeff Smith. That's uh, on my radar. Uh, basketball locally here on ESPN Lincoln as well. Around 7.20 or so. I think North Star and Corny in action. So, uh should be uh, good times had by all. Tomorrow morning, weekend edition of Hale Varsity. will be back at you at 7 a.m. Uh, plenty of uh, recruiting thoughts for Nebraska. Husker baseball in action. Big red basketball off to crab cakes and basketball country, as they say. Uh, we'll rewind with... Uh, Jimmy Burrow, father of Joe Burrow, had a great sit down with him this week. And then Brandon Vogel and the Iron Horse uh, will be with us also in hour two. Elijah, so have you thought about the Super Bowl menu yet? Have you started thinking about maybe Sunday's AFC, NFC championship game? Have you gone there? Have you thought about expanding? uh, the super bowl menu because we could have quite the the get together the party but there's just some staples that need to be on that super bowl menu i'm thinking shrimp cocktail yes i'm thinking the uh the uh, saint elmo's sauce that does peel all of your back hair off and you know you it's can incredible. I, you, you can
1: find the authentic stuff here in town Not, you don't have to home make it I, there there's a uh... I'll, I'll mention off air. They don't pay sponsorships with us. I'll mention it off right. Air where you no, can I know. I
3: know it. where. You, I know where you can go get it too. But I mean, it's no free it, shout outs it, on this show, baby.
1: <laughs> no, no, no free
3: shout out Friday. Uh, I think you can go some pizza with our boys at Lazari's. That's a great call. Uh, I think uh, you know if you have a hankering for a for a teriyaki tenderloin, I'd highly recommend that. Throw it in the air fryer, and then I can even. Um, Maybe we, we, should, we should do a quick video. You do a video of your mac and cheese. I'll do a video of my air fryer wings, well, the dry rub. I was
1: going to say, last week for uh, Divisional, I did do wings. Fried them at home, did a mango habanero. It was fantastic. Did you? Yeah. Okay. I, I got like a, a can of mangoes and uh, processed them, food processed them up, and then added some, uh, some habanero hot sauce. It was fantastic. So I think wings are off the menu for me. You mentioned the mac and cheese. I've had a recipe in mind I've been wanting to do. you got to stick with me here. What you do is you get a rack of ribs and you arrange them into almost a a crown of sorts. You get them into a circle and you smoke them in that shape. Okay. So they're, they're stood up and in a circle of crown shape. And then what you do is you make your mac and cheese. And when you serve it, you pour all the mac and cheese inside. Okay. And then you're getting... A mac and cheese onto the ribs So you get that cheesiness on the ribs Which might be a little bit gross Depending on your taste But I think what's better Is you get that barbecue sauce Running off into the mac and cheese And you get to barbecue (laughs) mac From inside the ribs I've been wanting to try it It sounds fancy I think it'd be a better photo op Than how it actually tastes But that's what I'm thinking For my Super Bowl
3: Okay I may see your ribs And raise you short ribs Ooh I I may have to add short ribs To my menu Depending on what the temperature Allows the smoker to be We'll talk to you tomorrow at 7 on Hale varsity. City. Thanks for tuning in.
0: A Huda Media Production.